Our story from Genesis 23 begins by telling us that Sarah was 127 years old and she died. She didn't look a day over 110. That was the thing about Sarah. I think you're right about she that. Kept it well. Right, it's her diet. Welcome to Talkin' Truth, the podcast that brings together conservative pastor Brian Clark and famous comedian Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy. Get her done. They'll be talking truth about the Bible and life. Now let's join Brian for today's look at God's Word, followed by conversation and a little fun with Brian, Dan, and today's guest, Pastor Nat Crawford. Now, here's Brian. Can you imagine getting to the end of your life only to realize you've wasted it? One life, no do-overs, and you've blown it. How do we make sure that doesn't happen? I like junkyards. They bring perspective to life. I've restored everything from cars to gas pumps to vending machines to sculptures. Here's what I've learned. Things don't last. Today's treasures are tomorrow's junk. That raises an important question. What did you live for this past week? I'm not asking what you should have lived for. I'm asking what did you live for? In other words, this week, what mattered most to you? One of the most common answers I hear from people who don't get involved in serving others in some way is, I just don't have time. Now, certainly that can be a legitimate answer. No one has time to be involved in everything. But it's good to remind ourselves we're making value judgments by where we invest our time. The truth is, we all have time for what we value. So not having time is saying, I don't value that as much as some other things. So again, what did you value this past week? 4,000 years ago, there were kings and rulers who had everything this world has to offer. They had power, position, pleasure, and riches. So here we are 4,000 years later. I bet you can't name a single one of those kings. Yet there was a rather obscure couple who was willing to leave the comforts and material wealth of home to take an amazing journey of faith to a land they'd never even heard of. And 4,000 years later, everyone has heard of Abraham and Sarah. Our story from Genesis 23 begins by telling us that Sarah was 127 years old and she died. It's worth noting that she is the only woman in the Bible whose age is given at the time of her death. She was an amazing woman of faith. Imagine that first conversation when Abraham was explaining to her that God had spoken to him and they were to leave all the comforts and riches of home to head to a land they knew nothing about. What's more, Sarah would live the next 67 years in a tent as a nomad in a strange land. Now that's asking a lot. God promised to give the land to Abraham, but Sarah died before she saw that promise fulfilled. She died in a tent, believing the land would belong to them one day. The text tells us that Sarah died and Abraham mourned. One big problem was what to do next. Abraham didn't own one square foot of land in Canaan. So where was Sarah to be buried? He could have taken her back to Ur of the Chaldeans, 
where the family remained, but Abraham was determined that Sarah be buried in the land that God promised he would one day possess. So Abraham enters into a negotiation with the sons of Heth to purchase ground for Sarah's burial. What's interesting about this text is the writer dedicates 17 verses to describing the negotiations between Abraham and the sons of Heth. Just to put this in perspective, the writer dedicated two verses to the birth of Isaac and two verses to Sarah's death. Why 17 verses to this tedious negotiation? I think the reason is to underscore that Abraham believed by faith that God would give him this land one day. Sarah had to be buried there. He ended up paying 400 shekels of silver for the land, which was outrageous. But Abraham would spare no expense to make sure Sarah was buried in the land his descendants would one day call home. Sarah died believing God would one day give them the land. Abraham died believing one day God would give them the land. They both died in faith, believing that God would keep his promise. They gave up everything to live in a tent and believe by faith the land would be theirs one day. Of course, the promised land in the Old Testament is a picture of the salvation God offers. The writer of Hebrews puts it like this when describing the faith of Abraham and Sarah. They died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and welcomed them from a distance. Of course God would keep his promise, but Abraham and Sarah would have to see it through eyes of faith. It's easy for us to waste our lives on the things that don't matter because the things of this world are more obvious. We see them and we touch them and we pursue them. We call this the walk of sight, and it describes how most people live their lives. The things that really matter forever have to be seen through eyes of faith. Like Abraham and Sarah, we have to believe God tells the truth. Jesus said we should not treasure treasures on earth, but rather treasure treasures in heaven. Why? Because earthly treasures fade away, but heavenly treasures will last forever. Now, I can't prove this to you. Like Abraham and Sarah, we have to see heavenly treasures through eyes of faith. We know earthly treasures exist, but we also know they don't last. That's a fact. Does God tell the truth when he tells us about heavenly treasures? I guess you'll have to decide what you believe about that. But how you answer that question will determine what you value and whether or not you're going to waste this one life you've been given or invest it in the things that matter. So let's bring in Dan and Nat. Let's talk about this. So guys, I would say it's easy to live for the things of this world because they're so obvious. We can see them and touch them. It's easy to start thinking we need all this stuff. But maybe we should take a field trip to the junkyard and remind ourselves that the stuff of this world just won't last. Man, we can start in my kid's bedroom underneath his bed. There's a lot of junk under there that he just won't throw away. That's for sure. And where does he get that uh, habit? Well, I'm not going to talk about that. It's not about me. It's about it's about other people, you know, and helping them. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's just right. move on from there, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. No, I think that's exactly right. Uh, it's so easy to get wrapped up in just the world system, the stuff, the performance trap, the applause of others. I mean, there's no end to the pursuit of things that simply don't last. But I love what you said at the end. We're called to treasure up treasures in heaven. That's a much different way of living, and it does require faith. Absolutely. Well, when you when you start talking about that, you know, being an entertainer, you know, I like to watch a lot of old movies, you know, and then look them up. And, and you know, there were so many amazing actors and actresses back in the 30s and 40s, and they had it of the world, but, you know, everybody knew them, and they were going to all these parts. I mean, you know, they, they had the applause and the Academy Awards, and, the, you know, and then they died. And now I'm watching the movies. you got to look them up. You don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's like, what was it all for? Mm. You know, what was it? Seriously, what was it all for? Mm. You know, you got the applause at that time, and you got the award at that time, and it mm. was fun at that time, and mm. boom, done. You're forgotten. Life moves on. Mm. You know what I mean? You would come to think, it's like, man, it was all for nothing right you know yeah. it was all for nothing now now, th- now that could have been you but it's not you well you, that's that's the thing i right. got to thinking that you know i mean look my dad was a preacher so i was always in tune but i fell away and i came back i'm like a prodigal son mm. but it's like i became to realize that man it's fun winning this and doing that and people saying you're good but when you're done and you go home and you're sitting by yourself and you're just mm. <sighs> It's so, you know, you made people laugh mm-hmm. for a little bit, and then that was it. Right. Now they go back, and the next day they're miserable this and miserable that. Mm. And they just got to thinking, you know, I have the key. I know what the key to true joy is. Mm. I can make people happy. I can't make them joyful, mm. but I know how to make them joyful. Mm. I can make them happy and joyful at the same time. Mm. You know, and that's that's what the world needs. Happiness is is just for a small second. Right. Joyful is forever, hmm. and hope is forever. Hmm. I mean, when you're just living for the world and living for this and how much I can accumulate, well, at some point, that's it. And when you're in your last weeks of your life and you're laying there on your deathbed, it's like you're thinking, what was this all for? Right. I mean, that's why you see all these billionaires and all these, they're always trying to find ways to keep their life going mm. and uh, trying to find technology to, you know, the, like putting computer chips in their dead brains and, right. you know, because they're scared of the ending. Right. And if you're living just to live and that's it, man, that sucks. Right. That is that's not good and that's why I love this show and mm-hmm. why I love that we're doing this, you know. Well, I think you've developed the right perspective, Dan. I mean, here here's the thing on a on a recent flight I was watching this documentary on Anthony Bourdain, the the famous, you know, chef and he had these TV shows. And you watch his life and he and it, he kept saying and his friends kept saying he just kept looking for that thing. 
So he would try celebrity, he'd write the book, he'd get the show, he'd get the girl, he'd do all these things. But every time, even Anthony would say, I just can't find satisfaction. Mm. I can't find the thing I'm looking for. And eventually it would take his life. You compare that to, not to pick on you, but you. I mean, you're one of the most grounded people I've ever met. And for all intents and purposes, you shouldn't be. You're down to earth, you're generous, you're happy, you are joyful because your perspective is right. I mean, right? Well, you are breaking the one rule, though. I asked you not to look at my eyes when you speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just so beautiful. I can't help it but stare at them. Listen, when you're saying that he was just searching and he couldn't find that one thing, you know, they always say that, but they reject the one thing that can give them joy and hope. Because here's the thing. People, for some reason, the word Jesus, in Hollywood especially, the word Jesus, follow Jesus, they just, you know? And I don't get it. The only thing I can think about is why they do that is just because they have grown up with false religions. They have grown up with religion that has told them they need to do this and they need to do that and you need to follow these rules. That's the only thing I can think because Jesus Christ never asked for a dime. All he did was offer eternal life if you follow him and listen to him. I don't get it. The very one thing. Mm -hmm. They say they've searched and searched and they can't find this. Well, they have searched and they have found it and they have rejected it for some reason. Look, there's a lot of people like me. There's a lot of other comics that are that are coming to me and other comics that have have found this hope. And they are actually understanding that it's about a relationship with Christ mm. and not all this goofy religion that you're supposed to do. I wish other people in Hollywood would understand that it's not about all these rules and regulations. Mm. It's about the gospel. Mm. You know, Jesus Christ came, died on a cross, and rose again on the third day. Wow. And he is offering you salvation. That's that's it, and then and then just stay engaged. But I think they reject it. They just flat out reject it. Well, the Bible says that people love the darkness, and Jesus Christ is the light. But they rejected the light because they prefer to be in the darkness. So they've had the opportunity, like you're saying, but they say, "No, thank you. That's not what I want." And right. they're going to keep getting the life that they've been getting, and it's and yeah. It's they so like blessed. going to the parties, and they like all the sex stuff, and they like right. all the partying and the drinking, the boozing it up. But it's just like I said earlier about these actors, and they're wonderful actors, and now they're gone, mm -hmm. and nobody remembers them. You have to get this point across to people mm -hmm. that reject it because they think it. At some point, you're going to have to cash that party check. Yeah. It's coming. Right. It's not going to last forever, hmm. and it's coming. And you may think, oh, this is great. It's not going to last very long. You know, it's like, I don't remember what rock and roll star that died. One of those guys that offed himself wrote a note that said, I am a lonely soul. Hmm. That's sad. Hmm. That is very sad when the very thing that can help you you've probably rejected just because you didn't think it was fun enough or you can't party or you have to, oh, if you become a Christian, you have to walk around singing hymns all day long. <laughs> and who wants to do that? Well, that's not what it's about.
You know, that's not what it's about. Hmm. You know, going back to season one in Genesis chapter three, we talked about the great temptation for people made in the image of God is to be my own God. Hmm. Absolutely. And I think the more money you have, the more fame you have, the more applause you get, the more celebrity, I think the more use you become to being your own God. And the gospel does require you to say, I can't do this. Mm. I'm not God. And with a brokenness and humility, acknowledge I need a savior. Mm. Uh, and I think a lot of people get to the point they just won't say. You can almost imagine an arm twisted behind their back and somebody saying, say it, say it. And they're like, I won't say it. No matter what, I won't say it. Right. And I think that supports this idea that the answer is there. Hmm. It, yeah, and well, you just said they want to be their own God, they want their own truth, and they want to be their own God. Yeah, that's working out real good for you, right. isn't it? Uh, that's right. really working out good for you. Yeah. But a lot of them will continue to want to be their own God and make up their own truth all the way till the end, hmm. and then that's it. Right. And you can't tell me that they're not on the deathbed going, oh, when did they you know what I mean? Hmm. It, it, well, it's very sad, and I'm just very happy, and I'm glad that God was looking out for me and was always working with me because I didn't, I didn't want it to go that way. Well, I have no doubt that there are people who are listening today, and they are in a place where they're kind of at a crossroads. They realize life hasn't been working out real well for them, and so they're trying to figure, okay, like, what do I do? Um and there are others who feel like, okay, you know, I've been probably doing things right for a while, but at the end of the day, I do not want to look back on this life and say, I wish I could have. I should have done this. I mean, I remember seeing an interview with uh, one of the greatest pro wrestlers ever, Ric Flair. And at the end of the, at that, woo, the end of that interview, man, they, he, he goes, I'll never be remembered as a good father. I'll never be remembered as a good husband. I guess the best it'll have to be is a great wrestler. And you should have seen his face. It was empty and broken. Mm. I don't think any of our listeners in their core want that. So what practical advice would you give them today to live for the things that matter? So a couple things. One is, you know, Dan was talking about the movie stars from the past and what was it all for? I think that's a great question. Hmm. I actually had a very successful businessman come up to me in the hall at church several years ago. And he's getting towards the end of his life. And he looked me in the eye and he said, what was I thinking? Hmm. He kind of had tears start to come down his cheek. And he said, I have wasted my entire life on nothing. And now it's about over. It's like nobody wants that moment. But the things of this world are right in your face. You can see them. You can touch them. The marketers of the world are very effective. The Absolutely. things God promises, you have to see through eyes of faith. Hmm. That's uh, what David. Believe. That's what David Cassidy said. So much wasted time. Yeah, mm. on his deathbed. So mm. much wasted time. Mm. So you have to believe by faith that God tells the truth. Mm. That the things of God are the things that ultimately will matter. I can't prove that to you. And you have to believe. But that—that's the whole story of Abraham and Sarah's. Is they both died in a tent believing that God would someday give them the land. Hmm. Absolutely. Hey, and when you were talking about he wanted to bury him there, God promised they'd get the land, 
And and then he bought that land, and then he died knowing in faith, he's dying in faith, that at some point this land's going to be his, reminded me of this story. And I think you've probably heard of it, Brian, the book Dream King. Mm-hmm. You've heard of Dream King, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, Will Ford and Matt Lockett, they were slaves. And the slave owner was really bad, and the the slaves, Ford was their name. At night, they would pray, and it was like a prayer bucket. The family would pray, and what they would pray is they would pray for the slave owner, Mm. that he would find Jesus and that their families could be reconciled, Mm. you know, just every night. And he was vicious, just a horrible, horrible person. Mm. But every night, the slave family would circle around that prayer bucket, and they would Mm. pray into the bucket because the echoes would go in there, and he couldn't hear them praying. Make a long story short, here you are generations down the line, and this guy, Will Ford, travels with this bucket he got from his family and inherited through the years, and he talks about the bucket. He's a Christian, and he tells the story of his family. Well, the slave owner's family, last name was Lockett, and they're having this big rally in Washington, D.C., so he's like, hey, I'm going to go to this. I just feel a, I feel like God pushing me to go to this meeting, this big rally. And he went, and he heard this guy speak, and he thought it was interesting because his last name was Lockett, and he finally met the guy, and they got to talking. His name was spelled. Well, it turns out his family was the family that owned that guy's family. No way. And now they are best friends. Mm. They're both Christians, and they travel around together telling their story. Mm. But here, after all these years, Mm. those prayers about those families being reconciled, boom. Wow. Now they're reconciled. But took years. But they wrote a book about it called uh, Dream King, and it's fantastic. And it just shows you it works. At some point, God does it. And it takes time, and it's always God's timetable and not ours. But even that that burial and that down payment, you know what that was? That was a down payment as a reminder for the future promise. I mean, God gives us these deposits to remind us of his faithfulness throughout the entire Bible. And I know each one of you today has got these little stories, these moments that God has said, trust me. Right. Trust me. Not yet. Trust me. He does that all the time. I just wonder if we're able to see it. So maybe the homework from this episode homework? is go to go to a junkyard, <laughs> take a good look around, and ask yourself, is this really what I want to live for, hmm. or is there something more? Absolutely. And get that book, The Dream King, and look it up, and you'll see how I butchered the entire story. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Talkin' Truth. To hear Brian's complete sermon message on today's topic, visit TalkinTruth.com. That's talk, letter N, truth.com. Get it done.